On this episode of the Tough Juice Podcast, I had the privilege and honor of having on a special guest by the name of Ty Lopez, and he touched on many things. One was how he went viral from here in my garage. This is a crazy story. You do not want to miss this. And also the four pillars of success, health, wealth, love, and happiness. Reading a book a day? Like, that is crazy. And then going from that and starting your own book club and being an investor and mentor box. It is so amazing. You do not want to miss this episode. Tune into the Tough Juice podcast on the Himalaya app or wherever you listen to your pods. I understand, like, if you go to China and you don't speak Chinese and you go to a small town where nobody speaks English, you're going to be lost. And we all grew up learning English. Some people are crazy enough to go to college and get an English degree, pay money to learn the language they already know. Um, but when it comes to the language of money, it's a totally different game. And so by watching the patterns, watching how these three mentors dealt with money, started slowly reprogramming my brain. You got to reprogram your brain. Your brain is very stubborn. It gets these neural pathways and they get stuck in a habit. And and that's why poverty, there's many reasons poverty, you know, like I said, I was born in Long Beach as one of the poorest places, like Long Beach, Compton. That's where I was born. My dad's from Harlem. So on my dad's side, it was multi-generational poverty. Um, not to the point where people were homeless, but, you know, my dad said growing up in Harlem, he's like, I didn't know I was poor because every kid in my school was the same. We had one pair of clothes. We wore it every single day. It wasn't a uniform. But he's like, I didn't know you could afford two pair of two pair of pants. <laughs> Damn. You know? Yeah, he went, my dad, but but um, you know, his dad worked in the subways, blue collar worker. So to break that pattern of like generational poverty, you you have to reprogram your brain because even as a young age, you're learning poverty mindset, poverty. And you look now today, the modern world, the way the media is poverty mentality it's telling you to always buy stuff right well you don't always want to buy you want to be the business person selling if you're always buying they're taking your money and making the profit so for example after i had these mentors i remember i was at a, i lived in raleigh north carolina okay basketball country that's where i learned to fall in love with basketball when i was 13 we moved from california to North Carolina, I hated Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> but basketball country. I mean, North Carolina, I think, has the most, most pro basketball players. Believe it or not, I had never, Karan, you'll like this, never picked up a basketball until I was 13. So my, my stepdad moves from California, okay? And we live, we moved right the projects. We had the house next to the project. So I wasn't in the project technically. Well, my stepdad worked at the post office. He probably made 30 grand a year or something. And so my, my bus stop was in the middle of the projects. And uh, so when I would go every morning, and pick, I'd get there a little bit early. All the kids would be playing basketball. And I remember the first time I picked up basketball, I was like, because I grew up playing soccer, man. Lopez from California, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, man. I'm not, tall like, I'm not tall like you NBA guys. So <laughs> I remember picking up the basketball and like, bricking just like bad and then but i i 
played so much that like uh, in two years I got moved. So I played, I went to the, one of the biggest high schools actually in the U S it's called Enlo downtown. Uh, my league had like John Wall came out of my league, Jerry Stackhouse and Michael Jordan too. So it was the same school system. And um, I was 15 J- JV and the coach moved me to varsity. And I remember we played the first game was against Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> oh, what was that like? <laughs> I was on the bench, man. I was only 15. <laughs> there was two of us that were JV. Remember I was 16, but anyway, like, uh, that's my basketball side of it. But even growing up there, man, I saw all my friends play basketball. Most of them live in the project. I had a good friend, Leon champion. I'll never forget. Rest in peace. He's dead now. He died in prison. He was a diabetic, but they wouldn't give him his uh, medication. You know, prisons are all corrupt and stuff. So my friend growing up, I saw it. He, he could have been a talented person. He was a smart guy. Single mom, lived in the projects down in Halifax Court or something. It was called Worthdale. And that was the first time I saw somebody really poor. Like, we weren't rich, but we always had food. I went to his house one weekend this guy Leon, I go to his house and um, I wake up in the middle of the night, hungry. I go down to the kitchen. I open up. I'll never forget. There was only a half a thing of mustard. The next morning I said, Leon, where's food, man? He goes, I don't eat on the weekends. I just get free, free meals at school Friday. And then I wait till Monday. I get a little bit of candy from my friends and stuff. And that's why he turned into a diabetic. So patterns of poverty, you know, boom, boom. He got caught in that system. Would have been a smart guy. Would have been a businessman. Then I remember when I became a senior in high school, all of a sudden he started bringing a gun to school because he was selling Coke. I forget what he was selling, but some kind of drugs. And that was when I was like, I can't. Because I was on the basketball team. I didn't want to get kicked off. But then when I came back to North Carolina after graduating three years later, I'm like, where's Leon? They're like, he died in prison. So that's yeah. that. He got that his neural pathways in his brain. He was smart, but nobody ever showed him like, hey, I can teach you how to take that street smarts and turn it into a product, a brand and a business. And you can make a million bucks without having to risk going to prison. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's that's kind of my philosophy on money. Yeah, you 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 touched on like the deprogramming, and, and I'm very interested in that because a lot of our listeners and viewers are going to be like wanting you to elaborate a little bit more on that. You know, uh, specifically in like the black and brown con- communities, or just you know poverty as a whole. You know, people searching for ways to you know be the first one in their family to obtain first generational riches. How do you go about that in an economy like this? Like everybody's flatline. You know, the the wealthy still right. has it. Uh, the, the the people that's in poverty trying to figure it out. Small businesses are suffering. Like, how do you pull your way or pull yourself out of that situation right now if you're in that position? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, my best guess to a lot of people is learn internet marketing and e-commerce skills because all these wealthy business owners, they're scared right now. They own a couple department stores. They own a couple restaurants, but all of a sudden that business model doesn't work anymore. They're shut down. And even after that, are people going to want to come out? 
versus just buying on Amazon or buying on Uber Eats. So your opportunity as a individual, your opportunity. So let's say you're black or brown, poverty background is, okay, nobody's that good at e-commerce and marketing right now. So if I build that skill, there's a gap right now. Even the rich don't have that skill right now. And I promise you it's true. I trained, I have a program called Social Media Marketing Agency. I trained like over like, I don't know now, 75,000 people how they could start their agency. Not everybody did, but thousands of people start a business because not business owners don't know how to do social media. Think about a dentist. You think a dentist is ever going to learn how to run Facebook ads? No. Think he's ever going to learn how to get his website up? How to post to Twitter. I mean, most dentists just want, they're older in their 50s or 60s. They just want to be a dentist. So you walk into a dentist's office and you say, listen, you don't know me. And you could be any age and any color because for this, it's not like you're asking to be their business partner. You're just saying, look, I have a very particular skill, like Liam Neeson in, uh, what's that movie? Taking. He's like, yeah. I got a very <laughs> My skill is coming into your business and getting your marketing up and going. And right now, now some businesses don't want marketing in the quarantine because they're shut down. But about, remember, unemployment's only about 15%, which is hot. That means 85% of people and businesses are still operating and they need marketing. So that's a very specific answer that I give somebody of any race, any background, learn marketing. Because if you're good at marketing, you always have a job. The second specific skill I would say to learn, learn how to sell. You can do phone sales or in-person sales. So I got a guy who came from kind of from the ghetto in Manhattan, grew up pretty rough. He came and worked for me for a couple of years in L.A. He was probably around when you were there. And um, now he built his own social media marketing agency. And on top of that, he's selling cars. Which sounds like, oh, people might laugh. Oh, he's selling cars. He's like 24. He's going to make like 80 to 100 grand selling cars. And he has a social media marketing agency. He might make, I mean, making over 100 grand sub 25 when you grow up poverty ain't that bad. And he's just getting started. So yeah. marketing, phone. And the thing about phone sales, if you know how to close the deals, people are going to hire you. Because you can say, hey, just pay me a commission. I'm a, I'm a boss. If somebody wants to work for me just for commissions, what do I have to lose? Every time I pay them, that means they made me money. So I really think if you don't know what to do, if you're black, brown, really whatever, but you're trapped, start with marketing services, specifically internet. And then number two, learn how to sell anything. I got guys that follow me that have become really good at selling solar. So they go from house to house. They walk from house to house and just say, hey, I don't know if you know this, but the U.S. government gives you a tax credit if you put solar panels on your house. I represent a solar company. I'll be your salesman. A lot of people close doors in their face. Boom, boom. But they don't. If you say it nicely, most people aren't that rude. Well, one out of 20 houses, somebody does put solar panels on their house, Fifteen thousand dollars, twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand, and those guys are making commissions. Let's just say their commission is ten percent. They're making twenty-five hundred bucks, and they're closing. 
I know I know twenty one year old guys doing two hundred to three hundred thousand in sales. Now you might say, but Ty, solar panels is going down down now because of COVID. I don't know if I'd be so sure. There's a lot of people going. I want to be self sufficient. What happens if the power grid goes down? I might want solar. So that's an that's not a business I'm in. But if I lost all my money and had to start all over, I might go sell solar. I might go sell um, other things you can sell, like I said, cars, financial services. I did insurance at one point. You can make a, my first six figures was in selling life insurance, if you can believe it. There's great commissions in that. So one thing I've learned, a lot of people who grew up on the streets, like even my dad, I wasn't that close to my dad. My dad would have made a great sales guy because he was he knew the flow. You know what I'm talking about, man. He's like, mm-hmm. I, a lot of the, my best of my best salespeople did not grow up rich. They grew up a little bit hood and they know how to talk to people and they know how to persuade people. That's a great skill. 70% of billionaires, 70% worked in sales before they became a billionaire. Mark Cuban told me, he said, Ty, uh, I was selling garbage bags door to door in my teenage years. Uh-huh. And he said the skill learned there directly helped me negotiate the deals that turned me into a billionaire at whatever age 30 or 32 or whatever. So you you're a strong believer in right now during the midst of this pandemic, like this is the time for the creators and the, the true entrepreneurs right now to just come up with so many tactics and ideas and go out there yep. and venture off and make it happen. You said it perfectly. Uh, this is the time. And I'll tell you this, man, life's short, baby. People dying. You see this New York people, body bags getting buried in Central Park in New York. I tell people that are afraid, like, Ty, what if I start a business and I fail? I said, you ain't got nothing to fail because at the end, we all fail. Everybody, Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, you might think, oh, that's awesome. He has, I wish I was him. I have $130 billion. Well, he, he's going to die soon. He won't have shit. So the only thing you should really fear in life is living a, living a shitty life, living a crappy life. That should be your obsession. Am I living an interesting life? If not, nothing else matters. Interesting life where every day you wake up and life's a little different. It's not monotonous. You're not going into something that you hate. You know, if you, one of the things my second mentor, Alan Nation, told me, said, if you wake up every day and think what's going to go wrong, he's like, you better change your life. When you start with a negative thought because your life is just so out of whack, do anything, do any. And so the good news of this recession that we are definitely in People lost their jobs. Well, that's the universe saying you got to do something new. I'm not saying that to be mean to people. I'm just saying you have no choice. The economy is rough, man. Trust me. I've seen everything happen as a businessman. So my advice to you is this. You got no choice. So sometimes you burn the boats and you succeed because you had no other options. And speaking of, you know, someone that, really walk the walk and talk the talk, someone that did succeed by, you know, going viral. My my question is, how did you go viral with here in my garage? And how did that change <laughs> your life forever? 
Well, you know, I bet people don't know. I, I started young as a teenager. Well, not young, young, but I wish I started at eight. I wanted to be a businessman when I was five, but I started in 2001. I started at it, my first real kind of entrepreneurial thing. And so when Here in My Garage came out, that was 2015, I'd already spent 14 years in business. So some of the people, you know, to go viral, by the way, is part skill, part luck. Okay. It's just kind of like success. It's like so that so that wasn't calculated at all. It just kind of happened. I would say I said it was fifty percent skill, fifty percent luck. I, I it was more calculated than you think because I did a lot of different versions of that. I spent one month testing different videos starting in December 2014, and I tested and tested and made changes to the videos until I made January 24th. 2015, I made that video that went viral. So there's an element of luck, but you, there's skill too. You'll never be successful on pure luck. I'll give you an example. The average person who wins the lottery, that's luck, loses all their money within three years. Damn. Average person's broke. I know a guy, believe it or not, who won the lottery and he's broke now. You see that with like in football, the NFL. I can't remember. There's the same kind of statistic. Because if you make your money without understanding the language of money, you will lose it. I tell people when I do big conferences, I say, there's somebody in this room who's going to make a million dollars, $10 million, $100 million this month, this month. And there's someone in this room who's going to take it from you. Because the second you don't know what you're doing, somebody like a shark comes in, this world full of sharks. And so when I say that that video was luck and skill, I really mean that. And all success is luck and skill. So what you have to do is live up to your end of the bargain, which is about 50%. Like you said, you perfected your skill. I spent many years perfecting the skill of marketing online. I started in 2001. I, I ran it's one of the first people to ever do a Google AdWords ad in 01. 2008, I was one of the first people to do Facebook ads. So by the time YouTube came around, 2015, and I did that video, it looked like I was just an amateur. But it, you know, now they take that video and and they actually analyze it in a lot of universities because there's a lot of subtle psychology and marketing in that video. There's pattern interrupts, there's authority build, there's something called association bias. And there's props in it that have certain subliminal messaging, like books and things like that. So, like I said, it's not 100% luck. But at the other side, I would never say my success is 100 I mean, I'm sure you feel that way. I'm sure you wake up and you look at your life and you're like, yeah, I put in my work, but there was also some luck to it. You got lot, good genes. Yeah. Height, Timing, you know? everything. Yeah, it was a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff that happened in my favor that made, that pushed that little momentum, you know, to keep happening. Yeah, you know, Michael, Michael Jordan has a brother who's can jump higher than Michael Jordan, they say, but he's way shorter. He's like five foot eight. Yeah, his brother Jordan, Larry. <laughs> yeah, Larry. And Jordan just grew to six six. Well, I mean, if he had saved 5'8", he wouldn't have been the Jordan he was. I mean, he might have made the NBA, maybe. But there ain't no five foot eight Michael Jordan ever going to happen. The league's too big now. You, you, even Spud Webb, Muggsy Bogues, these guys, you're not going to pull it off. Nate Robinson, 
So you look at Michael Jordan. He could have been like his brother, and his brother could have been six foot six. Uh, Dennis Rodman. I always think it's a crazy story. After high school, he was still under six foot tall. He was like sweeping at airports, and then in like whatever a year, he grew to like six foot. And all of a sudden, he's playing in the NBA. But he put in the work. You remember Dennis Rodman was in shape. I mean, almost the best cardio of any basketball player ever. The man would just run and jump and, and. But there's luck to it too. So I tell people, here's the thing. And ain't nothing you're gonna do about luck. So you work, you put in the, the work to build the skill, and maybe the universe gives you enough luck to become a millionaire or a billionaire. But you know, not everybody has to become a millionaire. But I can tell you for sure the saying. More money, more problems is true. What you want is financial independence. That's it. For most people, they've done scientific studies that starts around 90,000 a year. Let's just call it 100 grand. If you can have a nice steady income of 100 grand, ideally from two different sources of income, not just one job, life starts to get good. You don't live crazy. You might not have Lamborghinis. You might not have MBA money. Well, life's not, I can tell you, I have friends who make less money than me. In fact, it's funny. I mentored one of my closest friends. Uh, we knew each other from age one years old. Our moms were friends. And we separated in life at high school. And he came back after and he said, Tom, I was thinking of becoming a lawyer, but I'm going to come work under you and learn how to do internet stuff my friend Jeremy. So he does internet stuff. He worked for me about four years. He meets a girl who also worked for me, this model girl who was a Ford model who worked for me. And they were there at the time I met you. And Jeremy and Charlotte, he's super tall, dude. She's super tall. How tall are you? Six, five? Six, six, seven. Are you six? Okay. He, he, he's like six, five and she's like six, one. So they get married. He goes, Ty, she's from England. He goes, I'm going to quit working for you because I'm going to marry Charlotte. I'm going to move to the UK. And we started our own little clothing line using all the techniques you taught me about Facebook ads. So they have this brand called Home and All. <laughs> and it's like a yoga, yoga clothing for women and stuff like that. Well, my friend Jeremy, his businesses make way less money than mine. But I bet you he he has a better life than me. He's traveled around the world, goes to Bali. He just he literally works two hours a day on his laptop and lays at the pool. And he's been, I'd, I'd say he's been to forty countries in the last two years. He has steady income. It's not crazy money. He's not making a million dollars a month, but you know he might. Be. I mean, he's making more than ten grand a month. So I don't want to disclose what he's making, but he's not making. A million bucks a month. He's just making solid income. He's never going to become a billionaire off it. He's not even going to become a you know multi 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 millionaire. But you know what? He's got a millionaire lifestyle. I know millionaires. I know a dude. I know a guy worth eight hundred million dollars. Okay. And I got to know him. He invested in one of my businesses. He's miserable. Is the worst life. I wouldn't trade. I promise you. You might think you would trade for his life. You wouldn't. He's lonely. He's older. He can't get a woman to actually like him except for money. Every girl he dates 
ends up he realizes that they only care about his money. So try to to become a billionaire is some luck. And to become even a multi multi-millionaire is some luck. So some of you are gonna get that coin flip and you're gonna make the million or the ten million or the hundred million. But most aren't. You can't control that part. I'll tell you what you can control. You can make a hundred grand a year. You can build the skills, you can make 150 uh, all day. And I know people say, oh, that's not a risk. No, yes, you can. I've proven it. I've had over 200,000 people go through my paid training, and I've had about 100 million people watch my business training. Every day, people from bad backgrounds, poor backgrounds, uh, message me and show me results that they're making. You know, so I had a girl, listen to this, there's a conference. She's from India. She flew all the way. Now, India is a pretty poor country. I've been there before. It's insane poverty. And she said, Ty, I learned internet marketing. I live in India, but all my I have two clients in America. They pay me $2,000 a month to do their marketing for them, to manage it. So I'm making four grand a month. She said, do you know how much money that is in India? She said the average person start her job at a college for educated people. It's $400 a month. So she's making 10 times the average. She's like, I bought my ticket to come to America to a conference to see you. She's like, nobody in my family ever had, you know, $1,500 or $1,800 to buy a ticket. So I see people doing it in India. I see people doing it in Africa. I know a guy, a guy who followed me. He's Nigerian. He built a social media. Actually, he does e-commerce. So he has like Shopify sites. He sells products on Amazon. He wholesales them and then, or he buys them wholesale and then sells it. I think he makes $12,000 a year. Trust me, in Nigeria, it's like India. You make 12 grand a year. That's like making 5 million bucks in America because life's cheap there. So oh, you win it. <laughs> oh man, you make, I wouldn't even want to make 12 grand in some of those countries. You get robbed. <laughs> you better live low key. Don't swear it. Don't no Rolexes, baby. <laughs> you can get your arm chopped off. Colombia, you're gonna get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You also you also say like there's an aspect to like visualization to your teachings, working backward from the goal that you have in mind. When did you begin thinking like that? And what was your initial vision for yourself? And that, you know, what is your advice when things go not as planned? when you're in that space <laughs> you know you see behind me books i'm kind of known for books different videos i have books help me visualize and that's why i tell people read or listen to audiobooks you can do youtube too there's something kind of magical about books i don't know why last 500 years people have been getting value from books books allowed me to visualize stuff like i'm even looking right there there's a book i haven't seen in a long time it's called the hilton's it's about Paris Hilton's great-grandfather. Paris Hilton didn't make the money on his family. The great-grandfather made it in the hotel business. Conrad Hilton, he's made it in the, he came to America, uh, California in the early 1900s. Reading that book, for example, years ago, I started going, this guy, he went to Long Beach. That's where he started making his money. And I said, I'm from Long Beach. If this guy could do it, I started visualizing. He came from nothing. He saw a trend and opportunity. There wasn't enough housing for the oil workers. So he opened up a little hotel and I saw that he built it like a, like a little seed. He just started small. He opened up his house 
like almost before Airbnb, like 120 years ago, he had like uh-huh. Airbnb, let people stay, and he started getting income, and he started learning, okay, these are good guests, these are bad guests. Oh, guests want to have this kind of eggs for breakfast. So he started building real small a skill to understanding the hotel business. Fast forward that, he became one of the wealthiest people in history. So I, that was a visualization tool, that book right there. And I have books everywhere. And that's been a great way for me to visualize because I didn't have a Harvard professor, you know, help me, or I didn't have a dad that was like, here's my business and I'm going to pass it on to you. So books are amazing. Uh, YouTube videos can be good, but audio books are good. I really think that's the key to visualization is read autobiographies or biographies of badass people. Read Quran's book. Yeah, I, I appreciate got <laughs> I got that book literally right here. Uh, I, I don't know how it ended up in my house. I got a couple copies. I keep one out here on my farm. I just saw it a couple days ago. So you watch because then it's not just because a lot of people, it's hard to visualize from scratch. You know, imagine if you've never eaten an orange in your entire life and somebody goes to you and says, can you visualize yourself eating an orange? Or like, no, because I don't even know what that word means. And someone tries to describe it. Well, it's this thing that's orange. And you're like, but I don't know what orange is. Oh, it's like round, like an apple. No. How does it taste? Well, it's kind of, you know, tangy. Oh, like a pineapple. Well, no, it's hard to describe it. But if you get a taste of it, then you'll never forget what an orange tastes like. So by using books, my brain gets a little teeny taste of the success in the hotel business of Conrad Hilton. Or if you read, there's a good book called Made in America about Sam Walton. It's how he built Walmart. By the way, that book, Jeff Bezos, who's currently the wealthiest man in the world, that book about Sam Walton, what Jeff Bezos read it so many times, the pages fell off. So when he was starting Amazon in 1994, people were laughing at him. Nobody's going to want to buy things online. People want to go look at it in the stores. And he's, so he, you were asking, how do you succeed when people are making fun of you or you're being pushed down or you're being criticized? Things aren't going well. He had that book. So every time people said, you know, you can't make money selling stuff, he was like reading his book. He's like, but Sam Walton made money. I got a taste of what Sam Walton did. And I just changed it a little bit. Instead of stores, I'm going to put the stores online and I'm going to call it Amazon. And because of that taste that he got from that book, he's now worth over $120 billion. The man has $120,000 million. $120,000 million. <laughs> I like to say billions. That's that, that. Just imagine, most people would like to have $1 million. He has $120,000. So he could lose a million dollars like you and I lose a penny. If you lost a penny today out of your pants, you're never going to notice. A maid could steal a penny out of your wallet. They could steal a dollar out of your wallet and you wouldn't know. Well, a dollar, Jeff Bezos, somebody could steal a hundred million bucks from him and he had, it'd be like someone taking a dollar out of your dry cleaning. Never know. That's how much money that man built. But that's because he was able to visualize in 1994 through looking and getting a taste of somebody else's success. 
you know, so he can't take all the credit. Who knows? One book coming your way can make your life go so different that you, you'll never imagine a life without it. One person you meet, one podcast like this. That's why it's good you're putting podcasts like this out because people's life change like that. And it usually traces back to one teeny, teeny little, even my first mentor, he had written a book and my stepdad bought the book. And that's how I heard about Joel Salatin. And he was, without Joel Salatin, everything you know of Ty Lopez probably wouldn't have happened. Wow. I'd probably have a nine to five. So I always think back, what if my stepdad hadn't bought that book? That's what I tell people. You got some extra money sitting around? People go, what's the best stock market investment? I say, well, you can buy a stock, let's say Uber or something for 30, 40 bucks for one share. And now you own a millionth of a company. If you could take 30 bucks, you go on Amazon, you buy used books for two bucks, you buy 15 books, 15 books. There's enough. If you buy the right books, there's a million dollars ready to be made from what you'll learn in 15 books. And I know it's hard to read, but sit in a chair five minutes a day. If you don't have the discipline to sit in a chair five minutes a day, you ain't never going to make money. And I got to tell people that because I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. Not everybody's going to be rich because most people are lazy, man. It's not even lazy. It's just zero discipline. You can't have success without a little discipline. It's just like you playing basketball. Like, you know, we all know about basketball players. Mm-hmm. that had no discipline and none of them are on the, you were an all-star right yeah there's no all-stars that don't have discipline i promise you there might be some dudes who make it in the league when they're seven foot two stuff like that but ain't nobody that and it's the same with money i've never met somebody who actually made their own money and kept it i see somebody i had a friend make 18 million dollars but he was an idiot and he Man. still made 18, but within four years, he had zero because his friend, he paid taxes on 18 million. He lived in California. So you're going to give up, even with long-term capital gains, I think he gave up, let's just call it five to six. So now he has 12 million. He bought himself a house, some cars. He had about 9 million left. His friend convinced him to invest in some real estate halfway between Los Angeles and Las Vegas, which we all know is just a desert. Not a good place to invest. If you've ever driven to Vegas, there ain't nothing in between. And he Just put empty. In, there ain't nothing. 2007, he put more and more. He put all nine million in. Then 2008 came, he lost everything, and he back. He was back to a nine to five job. So that's what I was trying to tell you. I've never seen somebody who makes money and keeps it that doesn't have some discipline. You must have a little. But you, the good news is you don't have to be like a drill sergeant. You don't have to sit down in a chair and read for two hours a day. You read five minutes a day, every day, consistently 365 days. Uh, you're going to make money off that book. If you're reading, unless you're reading like Harry Potter or bullshit like that, but if you're reading, <laughs> okay, nothing wrong with Harry Potter, but you ain't going to make money off Harry Potter unless you write another book like Harry Potter. She did. J.K. Rowling became one of the richest people ever from writing that book. When, when, when you look at, you know, one of the main reasons why you started the book club and all that was that primarily because of the information that you received and you was trying to give it back and plant seeds back with other people. That's exactly what it was. It was like, you know what? 
books. Like, dude, I got to pay tribute to books. It's kind of like you with basketball. It's like you got to pay tribute to basketball because basketball was what propelled you to where you are now. So you're always going to have a special place in your heart for basketball. Like, you know, if, if somebody brings up basketball, you're not going to oh, fuck basketball. I watch hockey now. No, that'll never happen. You're a basketball. <laughs> Same with books for me. I'm never going to be like, ah, oh, fuck books. And there's some people, there's some influencers out there telling you not to read. I'm going to tell you, ignore that because the three richest men in the world right now, Jeff Bezos, second richest man in the world, Bill Gates, third richest man in the world, Warren Buffett. Jeff Bezos not only reads all the time, he started Amazon to sell books. That's how much he loved books. His first business, Amazon, was built on books. Bill Gates loves reading so much. His blog is all about his favorite books. And he takes reading vacations where he takes 14 books that he hasn't had time to read and locks himself in a hotel and just reads it for a week. Reads. That's so on Bill Gates' vacation, he's reading. Warren Buffett reads eight hours a day. He said he, he's for the last 50 years. He reads about five to seven hundred pages a day. Damn. Okay. So all I can tell you, when people tell you you don't need books, I'm like, bullshit. If the three richest men in the world do it, that's like if if that's like if you know Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe were like, yo, I gotta practice my free throws. Like I got I like to practice you know, hundred free throws a day. And then some rookie comes in the league and goes, fuck practicing free throws. You'd be like, bitch. Jordan, LeBron, <laughs> Kobe, all practice. You Are better you get on it. <laughs> yeah, you, it, it, don't don't try to pull that bullshit on me. Yo, when when you look at the importance of being authentic and personal branding, what are some of the most common ways you see people projecting and what they want people to see in in that space? Yeah, social media is crazy now, dude. Like I got in early. Like I started doing Instagram like 2012, and uh, so now it's just like accelerated to the place where like basically social media is its own universe now and um so you got to be careful with it because it can lead you into this kind of weird place where everything's fake um and i I just it depends what your goals are look some people's goals is to be famous and i i think at some point i have that goal like yeah i want to be famous and then i got kind of well known i'm not like a a a-list celebrity but it's like you you probably know the same way if i go places people recognize me everywhere i go and it's not as good as you think (laughs) so if you're watching this or listening and your goal is to get famous then you might want to just go crazy on social media and just post yourself doing stupid shit and you know but if you want your brand to be a brand that has other purposes so for me social media is a way to do business better because I can reach more people, things like that. So to me, social media is a means to an end. It's not my goal. I, I don't want on my grave people go, you know what Ty was? He was a social media influencer. Fuck that. Nah, I don't want that. It's fine for a few years to be that. But for me, the goal is if you look at my life, what I'd hope, is that I have the four pillars of the good life. I kind of figured it out. No one will figure out life completely. But health, wealth, love, happiness. You get those four things, that's the four pillars. 
And, you know, a lot, I know guys that are wealthy. I know a guy worth $2 billion. He's so fat. He can't even get out of bed. Like literally doctor, like he has like diabetes and all this crazy stuff. Who would you want to be a billionaire and not be able to leave your bed to enjoy your money? No, he forgot the first pillar of the good life, man. You gotta, you gotta go to the gym a little bit. You gotta get a little cardio. You gotta watch what you eat a little bit. You don't have to be a person. Like I'm not a professional athlete like you were or are, but for me, you gotta, you gotta at least spend one to two hours a day on health, no matter what, even if you make a little less money, who cares? Then second, you got to get your finances. The second pillar is wealth. You have to get your finances in order, my friend, because you can have health and love, but you won't have happiness if every day you wake up going, how am I going to pay tomorrow's bills? Like wealth doesn't make you happy, but not having it makes you unhappy. It's a weird thing. And <laughs> like they say, it's like air. Having air doesn't make me happy. No one woke up and go, ooh, I'm so happy I'm air. But you, you cover you someone's head underwater, and all they can think about is air. So for me, money is not something you preserve for happiness, but it's you must have it or you will have a shit life, period. The third thing, love, which I kind of categorize friends, family, romance, that's the hardest one, by the way. Trust me easier to get in shape you just gotta have a little discipline but it's all under your control basically like you wake up you eat right you track what you eat and you work out that that'll go a long way you do it every day wealth there's rules to making money i think i could take any person who unless they're like you know developmentally work like i can't talk to them but all basically any human from any background and i could teach them to make 100 grand a year anybody so wealth is not as hard as people think. Not becoming a billionaire is hard or something like Jeff Bezos, but creating enough wealth to be financially independent is a doable thing. But the third pillar, dealing with people, now that's hard. And that one, nobody has all the answers, man. You look at most of people's of happiness, like Sigmund Freud, the great uh, psychologist. He said, there's three things that make you unhappy. One is the death and decay of your body, meaning sickness. That's number one. You're not happy when you're sick. Number two is things that are like a hurricane hitting you or something, a tornado, like Mother Nature. Kind of like this COVID is kind of like Mother Nature, right? But he said third and your biggest problem and biggest reason for happiness is other people. People betray you. People talk behind your back. People divorce you. People steal from you. So the third pillar is the one that we haven't, I mean, that's, we'd have to have a podcast for 10 hours, but that's the pillar that takes a lot of focus. So I try to spend every day learning about psychology, learning how to read people. It's been very important. Like, man, I got friends that picked the wrong business partners. I had a friend pick a business partner nicest guy in the world. He was in his twenties making 200 grand a week. Okay. That's a lot of money. Mm. 800,000. Okay. By 22, but his business partner, what he didn't know was doing the reason that we're making so much profit is that business partner was stealing money from clients. So my business partner for about five years was the king of the world under 25 years old, living in Hollywood, this is my friend, not this partner. Uh, 
under 25, living in Hollywood, making 200 G's a week. Like just, he had, he had Rolls Royce. He had a mansion. He had like whatever he was. And uh, guess what? FBI came in in year five, seized all the money of his business partner, arrested my friend and said, we think you were in on it. Now, after a few months, he was able to convince the FBI that I didn't know what this was going on. I thought we were doing legit business. I handled the sales. He handled the accounting. And so the FBI left, didn't put him in prison, but they seized all his money. And they made him pay back $10 million. Damn. After they, after they seized his money. So he had no money. So he had to go work. For t- It took him 10 years to pay it off. And now he's a millionaire again. And so my point being is, one, wealth, he learned the pattern, so he lost it all. He could rebuild it. But because he didn't focus on that third pillar of life, which is people, it set him back 10 years. So the good news is he recovered. The bad news is he lost 10 years because he aligned himself with a bad social circle. So I tell people, man, as an entrepreneur, most the important things every day you wake up and you examine your social circle. People drag you down to hell right with them, man. Whether it's to prison or just, I mean, I've had people steal money from me, man. Crazy amounts of money. I know a guy in Hollywood, I won't say his name. His brother stole 15 million bucks out of his bank account. His, brother, his brother's in prison now. His own brother he couldn't trust. And they were close. Money makes people weird. That's why I say you can't just build wealth. You've got to build health, wealth. Then you've got to build the ability to read people, to understand how to deal with conflict. For example, you get a business partner, you ain't going to agree sometimes. And I see people that don't know how to deal with conflict and their business partnership blows up. I know a guy, Dick Marconi, he started Herbalife. It's a multi-billion dollar company. New York Stock Exchange, publicly traded. Him, this guy, two partners started that company, and they got in a fight over the money. And even though they they weren't quite, I think they were almost billionaires, but they fought for 10 years, horrible lawsuits, in and out of lawsuits. And he told me it wasn't worth it, man. He said, all that money, I couldn't enjoy it because I had this lawyer coming after me and here, and I spent all my time in court. That's why I said, learn to read people. You find somebody who's shady, just slowly disappear. And some of those shady people are in your own family. That's the scary thing. I promise you, if you have a big family with cousins and multiple brothers and sisters and half brothers, they're don't just think because they're family that blood is always thicker than water. Bullshit. Family will betray you over money like that. It happens every day. So you got to learn how to be on your guard. You don't want to be too jaded or else you'll attract bad energy, but you also can't be too gullible. So that's that third pillar. It's a complicated one. The fourth pillar is happiness. And I tell people, don't always make the decision that makes you the most money. You know, don't all, like once in a while, you got to make a decision. It's even like health. Like, I, I know a guy, he's a famous personal trainer. He's one of the best shape in the world. He's like insane. He's like 6% body fat for like the last decade. This dude ripped. <laughs> but he says he hasn't eaten dessert or candy for like 
10 years and I'm going, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'd rather be like, you could see me. I'm not Damn. in that shape. Like that. I'm me like, either. I don't know. I want that. I want to eat a little bit of cake. One, that was my birthday. I want to be able to eat cake, man. Got to so have a I little taste. Me, yeah, <laughs> fuck that, man. Same with wealth. People that are in businesses that they hate, but it makes them money. That's why I said, don't forget that fourth pillar. Because at the end of the day, the purpose of life is to be happy and to help other people be happy, but also be happy yourself. You get all the health in the world, all the wealth in the world, all the even you know friendships in the world biggest social media following you ain't got if you're not happy when you wake up shit people kill themselves all the time commit suicide famous people in fact you look at a lot of the people that people look up to um i was i was watching that documentary on michael jackson i don't know what happened i'm not an investigator but all i could think was like i don't think michael jackson was happy you know, at the end of his life, the reason he died is because he, he couldn't sleep at night. He, he he needed medication. The doctor accidentally gave him too much. So I'm going, man, Michael Jackson, the guy, he's probably the greatest musician of our time. And I'm just going, so he had wealth, but he didn't really have help. He didn't really have love, but he was lonely. He couldn't trust people. His own brother also stole money from him, by the way, Michael Jackson's brother. And he didn't have happiness. And I was going, man, what did this guy have? Like this dude was a, I don't consider that the good life, baby. And if I could have anything, I'd rather have half the money and a good life. Notice I didn't say I don't want to have zero money. I like to have some money. Yeah. You can do shit. I can buy a farm. Like I like to buy a farm. I don't have to be around annoying people. Like <laughs> it's good to be around somebody. I like some nice cars sometimes, you know, but balance, man, that's what I'm trying to say. And I see people, I get, it's funny. I get a lot of rappers following me and message me, DM me asking for some business advice. That's my advice. I'm like, balance my friend. Balance. Like, yo, it's cool. You can have bitches and money, but make sure you put in a little bit in the savings account, just a little bit. Like, like, you make 10 million bucks, put 2 million away. You still got, even if you burn the 8 million, you still got 2 million. And I see people that don't have, you know, common sense isn't common, man. I know an Amish guy, an old farmer. He said, Ty, my dad used to tell me you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can send a boy to college, but you can't make it think. <laughs> you get these guys like make 10 million. My friend that made 18 million. And then he had zero. And I was going, bro, you wanted to put all 10 million of your dollars into real estate between Las Vegas and Los Angeles. I said, balance, man. Maybe put half the money in there or third of the money. So my advice to all of you, some of you are in the gym too much. You're in the gym. You're working out eight hours a day. Like if you want to be a pro athlete, for example. Man, cut 30 minutes and read a book. And I know maybe your coach won't like that or whatever. And maybe you won't win Mr. Olympia if you're a bodybuilder or maybe you won't. But like, it'll make, look at Magic Johnson like and Shaq and Charles Barkley. They read some books and learned how to invest their money. And they're worth a lot of money now. And there's other people who lost it all like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So balance, man. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. 
don't trust just one financial advisor, balance. Be like, all right, I'm you got you got a ten million bucks, and you don't give it all to one financial advisor. What if you imagine uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's financial advisor gave him bad advice and lost all his money in a fire because he didn't have proper insurance? His advisor. So if I was talking to Kareem, not that I, you know, he's a legend, but back then I'd be like. If he was my friend, I'd be like, balance, man. Why you have all your money with this one guy? You know, I see people. There's a friend of mine that's getting ready to get married to a girl. And I can just tell this marriage ain't going to, she's already mean to him. (laughs) And I think, bro, like, do you have any common sense? Like you're already fighting. She's already mean to you. Like I I might have to call the police because I'm worried you're a victim of domestic violence, but you're going to marry her. I'm like, why don't you date her for another year just to make sure? But no, he has no common sense. So he's just like the sheep to the slaughter, like da da da. Everything that she's like, she'll be fine. She'll get better later. I'm going, no one gets better later. <laughs> they get <laughs> like, worse. They get worse at times. Balance. And ultimately, like when you look back at everything, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, I call that my tombstone tech. Like, what do I want on my tombstone? Like, my grave site. Um, I, honestly, I think I'd like it to say that Ty was kind of like a mad scientist. Like, he tried everything, man. He was a social media influencer. He, like, I lived for two years without electricity with the Amish. I traveled 40, 50 countries. Um, like, he's businessman. He bought, you know, he did some of the biggest business I've already done. Last year, I did one of the big, bigger business deals in the U S like he's tried everything. And for me, I get bored easy, man. So for me, it's like, bam, like I, I gotta do new stuff. Even if it doesn't always, even if it's not always the perfect decision to me, most important thing, People look back and you go, that dude, that guy tried everything. He was a mad scientist. I think being a mad scientist is a compliment for me. You know, I'd rather be remembered for that than just wealth. And and included in that mad scientist is like, I also say, everybody, you should be a little important. I think a lot of the reason people get super depressed besides the hormonal side and one of my mentors is a psychologist, a Harvard guy, David, Dr. David Buss. And he told me, he said, depression is there sometimes to tell you you're on the wrong track. That's why our brain gets depressed. Not always, but many times. And so, like, I also hope my grave says, like, he was actually important. So, like, at some point, like, I touched enough people that I was like, you know what? Ty wasn't perfect. But it's a good thing he was born and was on the planet. So mad scientist and in his life was important. Not the most important, just a little bit important. You know what I'm saying? Definitely is that, my brother. And it was a pleasure and honor with all the technical difficulty we had in the beginning. <laughs> you know, you on your farm, you, you're still making it happen, man. So I appreciate this time and uh, look forward to connecting again in the near future, brother. Well, I appreciate it. Once this quarantine comes out, we have to go grab some food, man. I'm going to send you some enough Farmer's Cart Box. We changed the name. It was Farmer's Box. Now it's Farmer's Cart because we could buy the domain name Farmer's Cart. So I'm going to 
I'm gonna send you soon. We're back ordered now, but give me a little time. I'm gonna get you some steaks and some chicken, and so we've got some we got some ribeyes. I'll get that out for you. <laughs> yeah, Maya, last time, bro, she said, "Hey, what's your address?" Next thing you know, I go, I come to the the door and I got a big box, and man, we had the butler cook out every Sunday like we used to have, and man, we threw down good, bro. We appreciate it. Hey, you, you know, that's the that's the perks of being a, a celebrity for you, Karan. Come on, man. Food, man. We're sending it to you. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice looking. Appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. We'll talk soon, my friend. All right, take care. 